SteadyCast listeners. It is time to look back on the week's news. So I am joined today by lead producer Dina Kesba and CityCast contributor Antrochelle Dorsey. It is Friday, June 17th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Dina, Antrochelle, let us talk about the news. Dina, what do you think the biggest story was this week? It's got to be this heat. The amount of like different like gifts and memes I've been seeing on Twitter and Instagram are hilarious. People <laughs> comparing the heat. Like what one that really got me yesterday was it was an image of the sun. It was Texas and then it was Earth. And Texas was the closest to the sun. And then they had the song of um, this girl is on fire. <laughs> and that was like the best that took the cake on all social media i was like that is so true it is bad it is hot hot yeah but listen y'all if you are a real houstonian are you really even that hot because somebody asked me yesterday when i was picking up my son from the daycare Mm -hmm. and they said is this heat hot enough for you i say well i mean oh i hate that question Mm. Yeah, I was like, I mean, girl, I mean, you ain't used to it by now. So, I mean, you know, it's kind of like when it's hot, then it's humid. It's like Houston, Texas has different levels. Yesterday Mm -hmm. was not that bad because we had a breeze. Mm -hmm. But there are some days where you are smothered by the heat and humidity. Yes, the humidity. Okay, the thing that I can't get over is that we're getting a heat wave this early in the summer. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not even officially summer Mm -hmm. yet, and it's up there around 100 degrees you know the heat index is numbers like 106 you know that's a lot that's a lot i don't yeah, like it look we got us a little bit more time you know listen this is the beginning we're look we're at mid-june uh we got a full july mm-hmm. we got full august right. um you know listen it's gonna be about december 1st before we get over the heat okay <laughs> oh my god can you imagine driving oh to your weather channel <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like we're not gonna get there till about december 1st <laughs> and you know i'm not lying because sometimes it no. might come uh the the cool breeze comes on christmas morning no. you know <laughs> september i gotta make it till september and rochelle i'm gonna curl in a ball and cry if you keep on with this <laughs> all right and rochelle what is your like big news of the week Y'all, uh-huh. I have, I don't know if y'all seen this, and maybe because I'm a young mother that I, I really, this one really took to me. Um, a family sues Houston Hospital for giving a four-year-old an unintentional vasectomy. Oh my God, I surgery. saw that. That was insane. It's happened at Texas Children's Hospital, y'all, a four-year-old. And the reason why this resonated with me is because my young son, Axum Nova, the greatest child of all time, will be four. (laughs) (laughs) He will be four this August, and my mouth dropped because I said, you've got to be kidding me. So this is what happened at um, Texas Children's Hospital. One of the best in the nation. The best in the nation. You understand? Mm. Um, he was supposed to have a surgical procedure. Now, this came from Fox, Fox 11 in L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, attorney Randy Searle says, representative family says the child was supposed to only have a surgery for a hernia oh. in the groin. Yes, in the groin area, but was also an, also given a vasectomy. It wasn't well, that. It was an accident, right? Like the surgeon knife slipped. It was not supposed to be one of the side effects of the hernia surgery. Okay, so look, I got to take a deep breath on this. Uh-huh. First of all, 
you know, I'm just putting my son there, right? I, this is my only begotten son, right? This this child will never have any children. And not only that. But okay, it's a partial. What? Yeah, I, I, I was reading this one close, Sandra Shell. <laughs> but wait a minute. Even still, that lessens the chance. No, no, Look. no. I get it. It's bad. It is bad. Come on. Mm. This is terrible. And what, what, how did you slip? What were you doing? What were you distracted? Well, so what was happening? Like the thing that we don't know yet. I mean, lots of people sue, but <sighs> was the surgeon doing something bad or wrong? Mm. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I hate to say it. Surgeons make human error. They do. Like every but other human being. They do. But were they doing everything possible to prevent it is the thing I want to hear. Mm. And we haven't heard that side of the story yet. Yeah. They said the surgeon, we think, cut accidentally uh, the vast deference, one of the tombs that carries reproductive semen in it. This baby not going to get to go ahead and ejaculate. What is oh. this? It could affect this young man for the rest of his life. You think? Yeah, I think it's going to affect him. It is. What we don't know yet is, you know, whether the hospital and surgeon are at fault. So why, why wouldn't they be Lisa? That's because, the thing. Oh, Shell, surgery is full of complications. I mean, that's why before you get it, they sit you down and tell you, here is all the awful stuff that can happen. And here's why I think the doctor will yeah. be at fault because they said the doctor failed to accurately identify the anatomy that needed to be cut. Yeah. That's where we have the issue. I mean, that's was the allegation, not a but play, we don't right? know for sure that that's what happened. I get <laughs> Andrew Shell's frustration. Like as a mother, as you as a mother being so angry, I, oh, I totally understand. Right. But like, I get also Lisa's perspective of like, the surgeon is human. We don't really know exactly what went down yet. We don't really know. I mean, the they side. may have been seriously at fault. They, we just exactly. We just yet. don't know. But I want to kind of wait and see and kind of hear exactly what happened. Okay. Well, this story is still yet unfolding. Yeah. Like we'll yeah. keep you updated yep. on All this. Right. This is a hot topic. All right. Yeah. All right. So for me, the news that really struck me this week was it was a poll and I'm not normally riveted by polls, but this one by Quinnipiac university got into gun control. Um, they were talking with Texas voters and I was really floored by some of the stuff they found after Uvalde, 93% of registered Texas voters want stricter background checks on gun buyers. And 73% want to raise the minimum age to buy a gun of any kind. And that just does not sound to me like the Texas I know. Yeah. Have we not learned from you, Valdi, ladies and gentlemen? Have we not learned? Well, are we learning? Is this what we're learning? That you need some kind of restrictions? I mean, this, they're not saying we want to get rid of all guns. And they're not even saying we want to get rid of all the AKs. The thing that really strikes me is that Texans are like really coming out strongly for any kind of restrictions on guns. I saw a TikTok where a young man in Scotland, he said in 1985, there was a mass shooting in a Scotland elementary school. That same year, Scotland banned together the, the, the powers that be, they changed the gun laws. It's 2022. How many mass shootings in the elementary school or any mass shootings, period, have we had in Scotland? Zero. You know why? Because they changed the restrictions. They changed the laws. 
why can't we do that here in Texas? And here's, and I think it's like, uh, there are some parts of Texas Mm -hmm. that it's a rite of passage for a young man or a young woman to receive a gun at a certain age. Sometimes it's 16, sometimes it's 15, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Sometimes it's eight because let's not, (laughs) you're talking about hunting, right? And I'm talking talking about handgun. Okay. Correct. I'm talking about hunting, but even still, is that thinking about the the much the level of maturity mm. that that person that child has do you really think that this is a person who should be held a, a piece of machine that can uh make uh, that can change somebody's life alter somebody's life that's a lot of responsibility for a child why can't we change the gun laws the gun rules the restrictions and everybody's just fighting for let's just change the age y'all come on yeah, if like, you're not old real. enough to buy a beer you shouldn't be able to buy an ak agreed i also i'm i'm so i like i don't even know if at 21 you even are like mature enough mentally to understand agreed like what would you make the gun loss i would say like 30 to be honest i think by 30 you would have gone through all the emotional craziness all the like wildness of college you would have calmed down you would have been far more mentally stable and mentally at a place where you're like oh i i know who i am as a person I agree. I even say 25 and that's, that's pushing it. Mm -hmm. Like you said, out of college, Mm -hmm. that's around the out of college age to show, okay, a mature adult. Of course we know at 25, you're really not that mature of adult. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That I did at 25, that amen. But still the facts that remains, it's like, y'all, we got to get better at the, it's the rules that are in place. Yeah. And at Rochelle, like you are not anti-gun overall, right? You own Mm -hmm. a gun. You know, I feel like I need to protect my family at any by mm-hmm. any means necessary. Do you understand what I'm saying? But there's a lot of education that goes mm-hmm. with that. There's a lot of maturity maturity that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of responsibility that takes place when you are talking about, you know, like I said, altering a person's life. Even when you are faced um, in the moment of danger, you still think about, I just want everybody to go home. I know I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at that moment, it's like if this person is hindering me from going home what are we gonna Mm do yeah so like your idea is basically you want guns to be in the hands of people who are responsible enough to handle them absolutely and i do feel like you know i don't feel like guns should guns should be a sport yeah that's where i feel like where we draw the line because now the guns are a sport and it's like oh well how do you mean like i'm not against hunting and fishing i mean hunting. i I guess nobody's shooting fish but what i i i'm i'm against children hunting you know what I mean? And I know it's a, it's a like if right you're out in the woods with your dad, you know, mm-hmm. I'm all right with that. Cause your dad's no. going to take the gun. He's going to teach I don't care. you safety. No, nope, You just think, no. I don't care. <laughs> I think that that should be something that they should do when my son can drink a beer with his daddy. You understand? Yeah. When, when he can enough. drink a, right. When he's older, when right. they can talk as men and hunt as men, but still, I do agree. I feel like we do need to protect ourselves. We need to protect our families, but it should not be for sport. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, Dina, mm-hmm. what story do you think should have gotten more attention this week? You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back to this just because of the amount of people I know that are getting COVID. But it's the story mm-hmm. that was actually posted on ABC talking about Texas is saying that we have low levels that we're, you know, we're down the curve, we're doing so much better. But actually, we might not be reporting very accurately on our COVID numbers because people who are getting COVID are just, you know, doing their at-home tests and they're not really reporting whether they have COVID or not. So we don't have 
a true number of how COVID is doing. Yeah. I, I mean, there's the wastewater numbers are more reliable, right? Because mm-hmm. everybody poops. That's true. If you got COVID, you're not hiding it that way. And those numbers show it going up still, right? Yeah, but they. I feel like they're not really painting it as like a, an issue. People are still kind of unmasked. Like mm-hmm. everything is like normal. It's kind of just buried. It's not really something where they're bringing it yeah. to the forefront and saying, hey, COVID's on the rise. Let's do something to fix it. Yeah. We've entered this phase where a lot of people are vaccinated. Yeah. And we're just kind of moving into living with it the way that we live with the flu. Mm-hmm. I think the scary part of COVID is over because now we know. And I think that's just been the whole well, kit and caboodle. I mean, the thing that worries me is we know the variants we have seen so far. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. thing is still evolving. So mm-hmm. it looks like mm-hmm. the variants that are spreading right now are no worse than Omicron. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they may be more contagious, but they're not more deadly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's that doesn't truth. mean that the next one that comes down the pike won't be worse, won't be more dangerous. And right. if we are, if we're getting in the habit of ignoring it, we could be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. We really can. But you said, you said the right thing. It's just people don't feel like they, they were like, oh, we don't, oh, we're not dying from it anymore. Okay, then we are right. Right. Mm-hmm. When it's like, no, COVID is still real. We still got to fight it. I feel like I'm most afraid of like that after effect, like the long term effect that COVID has on us because we don't have enough really to tell us about what it means to like have Omicron yeah. Yeah. two years from now. What does it mean for you? You know, and then to continue Ooh. to get sick. I feel like when I got Omicron, I got sick a lot more afterwards and it would just be easier for mm. me to get sick and it would feel like right. it's COVID again. So I'm just curious, mm. like, you know, kind of scares me that right. we don't really have that information figuring out that's a good way long covid mm-hmm. all mm. right well, that is scary and Rochelle, what about you what is the story that should have gotten more attention um you know i've said this from the beginning because when we first broke this story um it was it was done on uh i found it on the shade room and this is a case of felicia johnson if you remember Dina, oh, yes. when i yeah. brought this up the last time mm-hmm. so here's the thing they actually found her killer he just dis- and he dismembered her body um and he spread it out and then oh. he uh they found out that he googled ways to get away with her murder after after oh. she disappeared it was just really sad wow. oh man so mm-hmm. this was the case where the woman had gone missing and it was correct the dad who, co- who correct. really was throwing a fit trying to get police just Absolutely. And this is very unfortunate, but social media is actually what brought this case to light. And the Shade Room reported this and the Shade Room was still keeping up with this. And it's just so sad um, because they searched his 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 home. They searched his phone and mm-hmm. he had three other dismembered bodies, female bodies, three different women. Oh, man. And so. A, if the police had gotten on this faster. Mm hmm. They would have caught him faster. But B, if the dad had not raised hell, he might still be out there. Absolutely. I'm thankful that there are no other women, right, yeah. uh, that are being targeted. But think about it. You know, these women, people love them, you know, yeah. and they feel like that these type of women are easier targets because of their profession, of the way they choose to live their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there are certain they things. They are vulnerable. They're yeah. very vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. I think when I first heard about it, it was from social media. It was all over social media. I yeah. wasn't seeing it in mainstream outlets. No. It wasn't really covered. Nope. Yeah. 
Nope, nope, nope. All right. So the story that I think should have gotten more attention is what's going on with electric prices in Houston. Oh, yeah. So if any of y'all have looked at like renewing your contract lately, the standard electric contract that most people get has almost doubled in price in the last 12 months. Mm-hmm. Mm. That is huge. I mean, that's partly because fuel prices, partly because of, you know, the like screw ups and price surges that happened during that winter freeze. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you a little bit of my business. When I get that notification to renew, I ignore it <laughs> because I just, <laughs> I just don't want to. To think about I don't it. Wanna, I don't want to be, yes, I just don't want to be depressed. So what happens? Do they just automatically stick you in whatever plan they want to? I don't know. I'll report back and see because I'm just not going to look well, at it. No, I'm gonna no, just no Michelle, you better look because if they stick you in whatever plan they want to, you might get a worse price. Yeah. You think so? Well, my price is pretty good right now. Well, but, it, but once that contract is up, it's they, over. they can do it. I don't know what the fine print on yours says, but it's over. Okay. You don't get to well, keep your price. Fine. I'll be responsible. <laughs> don't not think about it because girl that'll cost you a lot of money okay well we don't need that you know because i'm already counting my little coins all right i need some happiness dina <laughs> what in houston is making you happy right now so it's the new grocery store that opened up in second ward called little red box grocery i'm so oh, yeah that is so cool because they're trying to offer you know fresh groceries and just things that you find in your pantry but like a lot of organic clean options to lower income families and i feel like that's mm-hmm. something that a lot of people don't think is important but it is and seeing yeah, this actually happen really in second ward is incredible that it's not just like another whole foods you know moving in right which is not affordable <laughs> for a lot of people right that's a sign that you're getting pushed out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That is good. And Rochelle, what about you? What do you got? Well, I'm I'm excited about the Texas Lotto being at six point <laughs> two million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm excited about that. And not only that, did you know you can buy lottery tickets on your phone? I did not and know. Rochelle, uh, it's oh, not boy, even something I would so know. Much money. Yeah, for real. You need to watch out. You need to pay that electric bill. You see why I don't think about my electric bill? Because I think I got big money on my mind. You know, oh I, think, I got big Once money on win, my mind. Once you win, you don't care what the power bill is. Exactly. When I win, baby, listen, I'm going to hire a house manager and they better pay these bills. I'm going to just make sure the money is there. All right. I am not usually a sports person. But there was a sports story that just riveted even me this week. And that is what happened Wednesday at the Astros mm. game against the Rangers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like, they pitched this thing that's called an immaculate inning. Actually, they pitched two of them. An immaculate inning is when it's nothing but strikes. You know? Mm. Three batters, three strikes each, nine pitches total, and it's done. It is perfect it is as good as you get and the odds of that happening are just crazy low you know it's it's like Mm. lightning strike territory i think there have been 106 immaculate innings ever recorded in major league baseball never two on the same day and so to have two in the same team is just amazing Mm. it was two different Mm -hmm. pitchers um it was luis garcia and phil matten and you know, it just means that the Astros are on 
fire. Mm. <laughs> Ghost Rose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And besides, all my math nerd friends are excited. So that's fun to watch. <laughs> all right, y'all. This has been fun. This was fun. It's always fun with you guys. And we Aww. get to get together and have a time. Right? It's always a pleasure. That is it for CityCast Houston today. Our lead producer is Dina Kesba. Our producer is Farrell Gibbs, and we had help this week from roving producer Carleon Jones. Brooke Lewis co-writes the newsletter with me, Lisa Gray. Music is by Farrell Gibbs and his band All the Kimonos. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend. Tell four friends. We won't have a show Monday because we're off for Juneteenth, but... We will talk with you Tuesday. See you then. We need to get some tea next time. Clink our cups. So people can hear our sugar cubes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> clink, yeah. clink, clink, clink. I agree. Yeah. <laughs>